Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Fends him dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shanderoel, and Earl is Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, the third episode of the 2024 NRL preseason, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I am your host, Tim Williams. We're getting excited. We're a couple of weeks out from the first of the NRL trials of the season. In fact, there's actually a couple on this weekend. They're all reserve grade teams, but exciting nonetheless. Uh, our first guest of tonight is the one, the only, the Supercoach Spy. Spy. How are we? I'm good, mate. That's good. That's all you got for me. That's all I got. Oh, well, and I normally come in firing, but I've got nothing. Yeah, I've got a better introduction than you, NUA, this week, mate. You, you've had a few weeks on I'm the podcast. For the big gun over here. The next heart. one, our third member of the panel, Quantum Quantum CEO, Bulldogs board member, Supercoach aficionado, Adam Drusi. Welcome back for the first time in 24. Thank you, Timmy. Good to be here. Good to be here, Spy aficionado. So is that a downgrade from gun that you said last year, and <laughs> I corrected you? Yeah, I've aficionado. had I've had to edit the uh, the template yeah. from last year. Oh, that sounds so, so sounds like someone who's interested but hasn't performed that well the last couple of years. I'll take the feedback yeah. on board. Can you update your bio, mate? Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Thank yeah, you. makes me <laughs> sound more intelligent while not wrapping you too too much. Yeah, very good, mate. Uh, talk to us. The off season, feed up, been, do a bit of travel. How you been? Yeah, no, I've been good. Uh, yeah, did some travel, went overseas to Canada for a little while, which is good. Plenty of Bulldog stuff on, uh, my real job. So, yeah, no, really good. Looking forward to I oh, just can't wait to rip into the year, mate. Super coach, obviously the Bulldogs. Um, can't wait. You got the doggy sorted. You got uh, Sammy Hughes playing 65 straight for us or what? Yeah, if not 80, mate. We'll, if not we'll sort 80. that out. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> I'm sure we can squeeze out an 80-minute roll at prop for him. I've sure. heard you've uh, been in Seraldo's here with that one for us. Also yeah. with us, as always, it's a survivor. A survivor of the bloke in a bar, seven-hour podcast. It has to be a podcasting record, at least in Australia. Matty the Waterboy. Yeah, I have no doubt it was a podcast record. I had, there were so many funny comments from there. One, one guy literally watched the first two hours, went out to dinner with his mates and drinks, came back, and the podcast still had two hours left. It was just... Yeah, it was crazy, but I think it was a pretty good show. Oh, mate, it was uh, it was it was the world's longest po- podcast. But at Top. the end of the day, if you 
you know, you sit there and you're like, seven hours is a long time to have to do it. And you, we knew what we were walking into as well. But then you have this reality check of, oh, look, it's a Monday or a Thursday or whenever we recorded. And we were talking about rugby league for seven hours. So I was like, I can get through it. Yeah, it's completely fine. Yeah. It's completely fine when you think about it like that. <laughs> it's something that I was going to be doing anyway, just in front of a camera. Exactly. Remind me to actually stick it on going home tonight because I've got about a month for <laughs> round one. Good to get through it. <laughs> yeah, if your young fella doesn't sleep tonight, Spy, you can, you can get on, it done by 7am tomorrow morning. Uh, guys, before we get started, Stuck into today's show. The SC Playbook subscription package is available at scplaybook.com.au. That is just $40 for the entire NRL season, but what does it get you? Access to our numerous additional premium articles on site each and every week of the preseason and multiple uh, rounds of, sorry, articles every round of the actual NRL season. Our WhatsApp group popping off, our SC Playbook community all in one place, going back and forth with team advice and each other. Our team of contributors are in there dropping their trade plans, skippers, preseason chat, heaps and heaps of good stuff. The late mail thread's been added to that. Uh, we've also added an NRL Supercats draft thread to that one as well, so it's all happening there. Access to our unlimited group major prize a thousand dollars for anyone that can knock off the sc playbook contributors the first question and answer podcast of the season where we take the subscriber questions free to listen to for all though of course that'll go live this week as well uh, our sc playbook unlimited group code is seven four three five nine six jump in take us on thousand dollars up for grabs on today's show we'll start off talk, talking about team structure how we've set up our squads, where we're distributing the big bucks and where we're penny pinching. Our club previews, Bulldogs starting off ads, giving us the lowdown uh, without getting strife from the Gould father, mate. I'm sure you'll be revealing all. Everything I know. <laughs> you said you said pre-podcast you're going to tell us absolutely everything. What's yeah. changed? No, that's yeah. not true yeah. at all. <laughs> tell us uh, nothing. The Dolphins, is it hammer time in Redcliffe? The answer to that is... Yes, yes it is. The Panthers, can Taylor May overcome the Supercoach ACL curse and at the Cowboys? Can Tama Lolo overcome Father Time to rescue our front row forward slot? The answer to that, probably not, but we'll find out. Yes, we yes, also have our listening questions uh, at the end for the first time this season. Now, Spy, let's get started on a bit of team structure, mate. A lot of questions coming in around how we are structuring our side, where we're spending the money, where, where we're penny-pinching, finding our cheapies, where we see is obviously the important positions. And I'll start with you, mate. You've had a good look into this and, and evaluated your own side. How have you set yours up so far? Yeah, so obviously plenty of ways you can go, boys, uh, which is good. Beauty super coaches, you don't have to just do what everyone else does. Uh, there's a few ways to skin a cat. So for me, I've got one gun hooker. Two mid-range front rowers, all mid-range second rowers at the moment. That always worries me a little bit, but we'll just see. Just quickly. Um, yep. A few ways to skin a cat. Any idea where that came from? It was pretty grim. That is grim. Yeah. Very yeah. common, but very grim. Last week's call of the, the day was just a bit weird, whatever I said, and this one was grim. Yes. Skin a cat. I'll get back to you. Carry on, mate. Uh, mid-range 2RFs. Yeah, yeah mid-range 2RFs at the moment. Two elite halfbacks. No prizes for guessing those two. A uh, little bit cheaper in the 5-8 position. Centres are actually looking okay in that we'll get to this bloke in a little bit, but he's a really good centre without costing the absolute elite numbers. Mm. Uh, then I've got sort of a couple of blokes around the, you know, the 450k mark. So I'm not paying up massive money in my centres, but... It's not just cheapies so I have to rely on either. So sort of a bit of a balance there. How uh, many currently CT dubs, obviously seven slots to fill there. How many over, let's say 400K for you at the moment? Three. 
Okay. Yep. So three at the moment, which I always feel pretty good about. Three that I can half rely on, then one that I can hopefully plug in on matchups from the cheapies. We've always approached that a little differently. Yeah. And it's, you know, remember three or four years ago when we'd, the idea was that you stayed cheap at CT Dub because there was a lot of cheapies there. Yep. You know, they only needed to jag, cut the tries here or there to get some, some cash growth happening. Whereas at 2RF or front row, it could be a lot slower, a little harder to do. But even in recent years, as I've built up my CT Dub a little bit. You've always gone a little harder there and spent up bigger than I have. Yeah, typically back in, back in the old days, I didn't. But my the best year I had was when I started with Brian Tor mm. and back Penrith in and... It's sort of, you know, you got to do what works for you, obviously. So I felt good that year doing it. So we'll see what happens this year. Uh, and to round it out, two elite fullbacks. So to really summarise there, uh, elite halves and fullbacks, a one-gun hooker, and then pretty mid-rangey, the, mess, the, the rest, to be honest, because I've spent a lot of money on those five positions. Yeah, and I've done relatively similar. I said a little bit cheaper at CT Dub. And look, I could make a case. This is obviously pending where the cheapies land come round one, but a case to go three, potentially even four CT dubs there because I think it could be where a lot of our cheapies do emerge. One thing, Spy, that I have found time and time again, every time I'm tinkering around with my side for the season, pre-season, I should say, and it become it's a question. I'll start with a question from Adam Sargent because it ties into it nicely. And he asks, thinking of not starting with any 400k mid-range second rollers and instead going three 600k second rollers and cheapies on the bench. The thought process is if the 400k players are outscoring the 600k players, just trade down to them. And also having Katoa and Gilbert's early buys gives me flexibility to not lose cash. Good idea. Or is the likes of Lane, Curran, etc. too good not to go with? Now, I did my team reveal on the SC Playbook website today and... I have found that I dead set reckon close to the top 10 value players to start the season, mid-rangers are in the 2RF position. Yeah. So I'm loaded in there with 400K players. I wanted Cam Murray in my team so bad. He was in there all pre-season, but he didn't make the cut because I just think there is a, a wealth of mid-range 2RFs. Yeah, I, I agree. This year in particular, there's just so many of them. You won't probably get them all right, but you could. Um don't mind the idea, I tinkered with the idea of having one gun back rower, whether it be a Fafita or whoever it may be, and then you can drop down, if necessary, to whoever's killing mm. it that you've missed out on. To do three elite back rowers, it's definitely a different strategy. Uh, I, I wouldn't be doing it, but, I mean, as I said, there's different ways to do it, and it could be stroke of genius. Yeah, I have a list in that article of about three to four mid-range 2RF that I, can, I had to cut because I'm like, I want them in my team, but... You know, you've got six slots there. So in terms of my team structure, I said relatively similar. I've gone all the mid-ranges around 2RF. My halfbacks are loaded. My fullbacks are loaded. A bit cheaper at 5'8", you know, to allow for all this to happen. A little bit cheaper at the centre wing spot. I'm trying to go mid-range for front row forward like I do each and every year. But I tell you what, there's not a lot of players putting their hand up for that. Uh, And the hooking spot spy ties into another question from Cuz. Your thoughts on skipping Grant at hooker and running two of the cheaper hookers in Braley and whoever gets the para number nine. Now, I think uh, there'll be a lot of people on board with Cuz there and thinking that they might not want Grant or Marshall King. There are so many question marks around all the cheapy hookers. I just want to lock in one premium there. I think so as well. And again, my answer is always going to be the same. You can do it. 
Uh, my risk around that hooking rotation, if you do get the Paraguay hard to pay up and Braley, sure. what if they both come out and end up paying like 50 minutes and you're like, I'm stuck because it's so hard to go from 300k up to your six or 700. You have to find three <coughs> to 400k. It's at least two trades to do it. I don't like that. I'd much prefer to have a good hooker. Yeah. And if those blokes are smashing it, you can go down and upgrade someone massive elsewhere who's struggling. So I'd just rather do it in reverse. I've got Grant there and uh, Hands at the moment, if Hands does get named as an 80-minute hooker. And, yeah, if, if Grant starts slow and, say, Braley or someone kills it, bang, straight down, happy days, frees up cash elsewhere. Adds general approach uh, for you starting a season when you look to pick your team, how do you look into it? Do you have a common approach each year or, or where do you see that? Yeah, I'll probably, uh, a bit like we were talking about before, I'll probably look at, how many cheapies can I get in there? Like, it's, it really comes down to those teams in round one, right? So, name is it's many good cheapies I can get in my side. I would to then get premium players. But you're right, it is a bit of a funny year in terms of what those cheapies might be. But there will there'll always be players that come out of the woodwork mm. pick that we haven't expected. Uh, but mine, my team's not too dissimilar to yours, except I've gone even cheaper at centre. And I, at the moment, have got a couple of those. Like, I've got Murray and Fafida. Yeah. Partly because I think they're guns that <laughs> other people aren't running with. Yeah, but I don't have a ham- – oh, my centre looks pretty weak. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't mind that. No, I tinkered with the same idea. Yeah. So I, I don't mind it this year. It's much easier to go down than up. Just everyone remember that, obviously. Like if, if you're for feeder or whoever isn't going quite as well as you want and one yeah. of the mid-rangers is smashing it, it's an easy drop down. That's it. And so I, I'm probably I, – the way I probably think of it is get as many cheap as I can and then what, who are the guns that I just want to lock in? So I'll give you an example. Like Tom Trebojevic for me, I'm going to start with him. Yeah. Like I'm just making a call like – I just think the guy's a super coach weapon. If he's not 60% owned straight away, which he's not going to be, I'll kind of take a bit of a bet that if I can get him early, that'd be great. And then let other – because it's going to be hard for anyone else to, to give up on a Ponga or a Mitchell or whoever it is to bring in Tom in round three or whatever it might be. Just on that, mm. I reckon this year we're going to find some decisions might need to be made around fullback where – let's use Pappenhausen, for example – got Tommy to start I'm probably with you now I'm starting to lean mm. that way if I've got mm. two elite fullbacks but Pappy's killing it you probably have to pick one to drop even if they're going really well which is really yeah. unusual you're right if you had two big dogs and Pappy fires like we, we know he's done in the past if Pappy starts 85% of what we know he's capable, capable of he's kicking goals and looking good he's hands down the best value player to start the season so yeah. you could have to let, let's say you start Ponger and Turbo and they both start off with an 80-point average and, and like Pappy does the one. same. You've got to cut one. Yeah, which is fine. It could happen. It's just different thinking to... I guess you have to look at the draw oh, at the time mm. and work out what you might do. But So, yeah, it's, it's, it's... I mean, I love this time of year because it's always interesting as to who those players might be. And the other thing I, I think is it's very easy to get locked into following like the herd and then everyone thinking that certain players are must. And if we went back to this time last year, everyone would have been saying... Certain players like um, who was the hooker at Sonny Luke at Penrith. So many people followed. Oh, Sonny Luke's going to be big, and so many teams then got stuck with him. And he wasn't. He wasn't what people thought. And so there's always those players that, that was we Guru's fault. we think. Yeah, but you know what I mean. But one or two people, and then the herd mentality. And then you're looking, oh, geez, thirty six percent of teams have got that player. I must do it. Worried about this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but so I think if you've got a strong opinion about someone you think yourself, then. Back it I'd in. Say back it in, yeah. I mean, another point on what you just raised, actually. We're in sync without even planning this. Mm. So it's around ownerships and something I was going to raise tonight at some point. And it's around anti-potting. So for those that don't know, anti-potting is going against a popular player. A, I think it's okay to do it at times, like you just said. 
Other times, just be wary. I was having a look at Nico Hines. So if you don't own Nico, you're not planning on starting with him. They play your boys in round two. We don't know how the doggies are going to be going to start the year. He could potentially have a huge match. If you don't own him and everyone who owns him skippers him, it's actually double the blow if he goes 150. Mm. So just around anti-potting, just be wary of who you're going to do it on um, because the skipper value is obviously double for the weeks you don't have him. Yeah. I think Blend the other thing, all, I think all three of us at the moment have Cleary and Hines yeah. up front. So, again, that, to me, that's just a lock-in. Unless there's an injury between now and then, I just look at them and say they're so dominant at half. I, I'm not even contemplating a strategy without those two as my halves. It was really just, hard to justify and make a case for anyone other than those two, wasn't there? Like, I, I look at Penrith, have a, and we'll get to them shortly, but they have a really difficult draw to start the season. But... You know, will there be a, a premiership hangover? Do they start a bit slower? Who do you go to? Like, there's no one at like five, six hundred k just bashing the door down, going like you thought maybe someone, Sammy Walker, might be enticing, but he's probably the only one. Cleary, like, and uh, worth noting as well, last season was World Cup. Uh, Penrith mm. went. Oh, they didn't go to England. They go to England this year, but they had World Cup on the back of three big seasons. No World Cup or much rep this year. A lot of the guns didn't play for Australia and New Zealand necessarily. Yeah. Pretty long off season. It has to help. Yes, for a better start. Oh, man, I know, I know from talking at the Bulldogs at the time, like the players that went to that World Cup and came back, they, it had a huge impact on them yeah, in, in terms England, of not having a pre-season stuff. So Penrith had a lot of people in that boat. Yeah. Even so there's no doubt like, yeah, even that, that would have had like a huge jet impact. Jet lag, getting over that, travel, all that yeah, stuff adds yeah. up. So hopefully the team's fresher to start this season. I also think those two blokes are kind of match-up. They're, they're bomb-proof. Like, it, it doesn't matter who they play. They can yeah. put on 100. So... Anyway, that, that's the one thing that we've got in common. I think all three of us is locked in big money on those two guns. Yeah, and happy to do it. Mm. Boys, let's get started with our previews for the show. And we will start with your doggies ads. They start the season against the Eels away, Sharks away, <coughs> Titans at home, Rabbitohs away, Roosters at home. Now, three away games, but they do have all five of their games in Sydney. Now, mate... You tell us what you want to tell us. You keep a few up your sleeve, whether, mm. it's, whether it's looking after the Gouldfather, Seraldo, or whether just your Supercoach team and you want a few little sneaky ones up your sleeve for that. But we'll start with just the forward, Pat, mate. And Sammy Hughes currently one of those popular cheapies in the game. What can you tell us about him? And, you know, is he a bloke you see getting a start on the bench this season because you're so light on middles? Mm. How do you see that unfolding for Sammy Hughes, firstly? Let me start by saying I don't know what the side's going to be because <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm amazed by how many Bulldog supporters watch this and say, oh, I've seen you on that, so that's, that's great. So what a first deflection of all, early, by the way. That's well played. Well, I don't. I mean, I've, <laughs> I obviously know how things are going and I've got, I've got views of what I would pick, but yeah. Cameron picks the side and Cameron, that's, that's up to Cameron and I, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think to um, hammer him on it. But obviously I have thought about it quite a lot myself. <laughs> what, I do, what I do know is obviously there are, there are minutes up for grabs. At, I actually think the Bulldogs are a pretty exciting super coach side this year yep. because of a lot of yeah. – Depending on who gets picked, there's yep. some op- opportunities there. And front row is clearly going to be one of them. I think there's minutes there. Uh, I think I, – I can tell you that Sam Hughes is going great at training. Like, there's big raps in him with how he's developed. Um, you know, he had a lot of injuries leading into last preseason. When he did get minutes, I thought he went really well, but he didn't play big minutes. But I would expect him to play a bigger role. How big it is? No idea. Does he start? Does he bench? I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's um, – Guy like Pawasa, I wouldn't be surprised if even he is in the 17. Mm. Um, so, look, I, th- I think there's, there's um, options there that'll come up in terms of the side, but we'll, we'll see. How big a boy is Sammy Hughes like? Big you know, boy. 
Big boy. Yeah, big boy. So, like, cool. you know, if he does kill and goes well, it might be a sort of 45 minutes max or? Uh, look, I, I, honestly, I'd be, I'd be guessing yeah, like yeah, you yeah. would be. I, I, could he play 45 minutes? I, I don't know. But I also know Max King's put on a fair bit of weight since last year, so he carried a lot of injuries last year. He started playing pretty light. He's looking bigger. So I think there's, there's going to be definite minutes and points up for grabs in the Bulldogs' front row. We'll just wait and see what team this looks like. But it's, it's one of those ones where you could probably throw a, a um, Sam Hughes into your lineup at the moment as a, as a cheapie, and yeah. whether you replace him with another guy, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, he's in my side as it stands. And, I mean, I look at my predicted lineup on the side and putting – look, the forward pack I didn't find that difficult to do, nor the bench. The back line one to seven. We'll get to that in a second, but very, very difficult to do. And, and to be honest, I'd be surprised if Seraldo knew exactly how he was going to run out that one to seven in round one. Mm. Uh, Josh Curran, a recruit, a very popular super coach pick to start the season. Starts the season at $421,000. I'm expecting him to start at lock forward. <sighs> Looks a pretty safe bet to me. We know he's got a motor on him. He can play big minutes. We know he's not as big a boy, you know, as guys like Maxie King, Liam Knight, Sammy Hughes. So I can see him playing pretty decent minutes and provided he gets them, he looks pretty safe by to me. Oh, if he's picked in round one at lock, then I think he's, he'd be a good buy, but we've got to wait and see what Cameron does. Um, I don't think it's a certainty, but you would think... You know, that's we're, probably we're what you would guess. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I can understand why people would... I think that might be the case, but um, I, I don't, don't think there's too many certainties in that side that you've got there, put it that way. Yeah, he's um, just Curran's, he averaged 54 and 67 the two years previous to last yeah. year. He's priced at 41, so if he's, he's a super coach player, isn't if he's he? Starting, he's starting, he's super coach friendly. And also, yeah. NRL-wise, I really like him on the edge, but with mm. Preston and, and Big Billy Kickow on the edges, you know, the dogs need middles. He'll be playing in the middle, I can only imagine. So... <laughs> You know, bigger work rate playing up the guts as well. Uh, Viliami Kickow is a really intriguing one, one that I have tossed and turned over $468,000, discounted having only played, you know, sort of a handful of games last season. Oh, I'm torn on him because I don't think he needs to do that much to at the very least match his price. I think he's going to be a focal point of the Bulldogs' attack. We know he's capable of jagging some major attacking stats. I want to pick him. I want to pick him, but I do see some danger in it. I mean, I hope you're right. I hope his value goes up by 300000 because <laughs> he's killing oath. it. I'd, I probably won't get him just because I just, I've never really thought of Viliami as a super coach, mm. like a reliable super coach weapon. Like he... Outside well, of attack for Penrith. Sort yeah, of thing. and, and yeah. that Penrith side won a comp. So, you know, yes, he scored some tries and he was dynamic, but he's had a lot of other weapons around him. And by the way, I really hope he – and I, I love him as a player, leader, all that sort of stuff. But do I – like, we don't, have a, we don't have a soft draw to start the year. No. And I think you'd be relying on him scoring attacking points to, to go up. And S- Say you're going the first five rounds, you know, I think he needs – you know, to make a bit of cash – Maybe try and line break and maybe a try assist and line assist yeah. in those sort of first five games to see him, you know, average that 50-odd. Yeah. But again, I think he's <clears throat> every chance to do it. A big preseason watch. How do the doggies look? How's the left edge look? How does Viliami kick out look? Yeah. But if, if, you know, if those three things can be positive and, and green check marks, I don't mind it. But you, you are relying on attack 
as opposed to a lot of other back rowers. I think he looks good. So there's there's no issues with that bit. Like <coughs> I think is he is he fit and all that sort of stuff. I think it's all good. The question for me is, it's just not the sort of super coach like without my bulldog hat on. It's not the super sort of super coach second rower I tend to. Mm. But to go for. he's priced at 46 average. That's that's probably the, the big yeah. difference there. Like, yeah. he's not going to really let you down. The worst case is he's like, oh, he's just not making me money. It's annoying. And then you trade him to one of yeah. those other mid-rangers um, yeah. with some upside. So, and, I'm, and yeah. That's it. You can see why you could why you go in. But yeah. I, I don't... I don't think it's going to make or break whether you get the right 2RF mid-rangers because it's such a sideways trade to other blokes that are going to go well. Except you don't want to stuff them all up. Of course. <laughs> like you, saving trades is invaluable. We know that. But... If you get one or two it, wrong, it's I, okay. Sorry, I should say in terms of salary cap and getting to them, it's going to be an easy trade-off. It won't cost you money. No. Nah. Can, can I ask you this question? How many players would you be comfortable to have from one side, in this case the Bulldogs, in your, in your squad? Like You don't want to have too many for, from one side. For me, it's all side. about... The buy, mate. Like mm. I think the doggies don't have a buy to round eight, so it doesn't worry me all that mm. much. If yep. I thought they were going to come out and fizz and uh, in a good way, sorry, and offer value, I don't mind having four or five yep. and then figuring it out. However, we'll get to like the the dolphins a bit later. They got to buy, and I think around two or three. Yeah, yeah. That's what you got to be careful of because you got yep. no depth early in the year to cover yourself. Yeah, so I think it's when their buy is is the big. Yeah, question. you don't want to be playing spud <laughs> cheapy CT dubs against good sides where they can get you seventeen yep. because you've got three titans on the buy or four on the buy. I think I had six mm. chooks last year and they had the buy in round five. And my mentality was, they're going to kill it. They're going to f- get me off to a flyer. Then I can trade from there as needed. And they did. Exactly the opposite. They mm. started terribly, and I had to trade them, and they lost money. It was just that was part of why I asked the question because I was just thinking like last year, I probably had too many roosters as well. And then when they when they fizzed as a side, by the way, I'm not fizzed in a negative way there. Yeah, it, the it made it fizz. difficult to kind Mate, of they make the changes. Should quick. have uh, yeah. been premiership contenders, and it made it weren't. difficult to make all the changes you needed mm. to make in the time you needed to make it. That's why I was just it's just making me a little bit wary of going too much to one side. In saying that, I think there's going to be some obvious. Bulldogs players to to pick. Oh, yeah, you named a couple of them. Saying so that, there could be, I don't have yeah. more than two or three from anyone at yeah. this stage. Okay. Spy, Jacob Kiraz, I spoke about in the first episode of the season. Go back, listen to episode one, episode two. We'll be touching on different things through the entire preseason that will hold up uh, all the way through to round one with club previews, different topics, all sorts of things. Uh, and my pod early in the season was Jacob Kiraz. I haven't checked since then, but at the time uh, of Spy, you know, recording, he was at 1.6% ownership. <clears throat> he averaged 80 before injury last season in his first six games with only three tries. Injured late last season and somewhat, uh, got somewhat sort of back to health towards the back end. 33 in base, could easily have been towards 40 and it was early in the season. He had That's nearly 50, I think. Yeah, he had just six tries in 19 games. He's priced on a 59-point average. Adds Kiraz... After those injury drums last season, how yep. well he started last year, he's just got one hell of a motor and work ethic. He's a bloke that I'm I'm pretty keen on for round one, you know. And it doesn't even matter that much how the dog's looking because he just works. Yeah, yeah. he's got a super coach friendly game. What I would say is, I would just ignore the second half of last year in yep. terms of his his output. Mm. Like just ignore it when you're looking at what you think he's worth, because he was carrying even when he was playing, he was carrying, he was carrying everything. Back, <laughs> well, he had a bad back injury, like a broken back or something. So he was broken he was back. carrying. Um, he was carrying injuries playing and he was doing a job like, like a bunch of them were. But So just ignore that in your stats and then yep. I think the first half of the year is probably more reflective. And he averaged again, 80. Assuming he's in a similar role. He averaged 80 over the first six weeks. Yeah, I think he's got so a really super coach for any game. I love yeah. him as a super coach player. But um, mm. 
so he's he's my boy that I've got. I wanted like a Greg Marju I spoke about last week for 190k less. Karaz time. The other thing is, last year he played some games at wing, some in the centres. <clears throat> I'm, I would think he's he's playing on the wing, like you said. I, that, you know, I don't know that for sure, but I would be pretty confident he'd be on the wing. In which case, again, just carries, go back and look at tries, tries, look carries. at his work rate as a wing and not a centre. Forty eight offloads a week. I don't want him if he's a centre. I want yeah. him if it's, I'm tempted by him if he's if he's <clears> on the wing. Uh, Stephen Crichton, let's see where he ends up. If he's at fullback and, and kicking goals, there'll be temptation there. But I don't know whether he's going to play there. We had a bit of a chat about a pre-show. We don't know. We don't fullback know. Fullback or centre, we don't it know. Could be anywhere. Ads Q's cough one or three times <laughs> on an unrelated note. No, sorry. The problem is I've got a bit of a cough, so now, <laughs> now I'm going miss it. The other thing is I don't know who's kicking goals. I haven't, I haven't asked the guys. Just on it's that. It's a rare, rare privilege to have two guys who are such good goal kickers. Birdo was 85% last year. Yeah, he was enormous, I didn't realise. And the second half of the year, he couldn't miss. He was kicking yeah. from the sideline. We won games off the back of it. Yeah. But then Crichton kicked in front of Moses in Origin. So and he's like 83%. He can kick as well. Two, so they're two guns, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I don't know who's kicking. Um, haven't asked. Maddie, over at the Doggies, mate, is, is there any players you're looking to start the season with? You know, we've gone on players like a valued kick-out, a valued Curran, Critter if he gets a nod a not at fullback. Anyone that you like there? Yeah, you've just mentioned a lot of names and I'm – I've had to like a think about all of them, but two that kind of have, that I'm thinking about. One is Bronson Sherry. Uh, I absolutely loved him at Cronulla. Um, obviously, he hasn't played for four years, so it's a huge risk. But he's mm. priced so low, so if he's there round one, I'm definitely picking him. And I think, yeah, I haven't really heard many people. Holy shit! Sorry, Spy. <laughs> that, that, that for the, that's been up there for four years and never come You're down. On my head. The roof's caving in. Wow. <laughs> Gus is sending a message. That, that, <laughs> it's all the way from Hawaii. Shut up. Because <laughs> I, like, I watch you guys on here and not there. Like, I saw that go down on you, so I actually I shat myself. <laughs> guys, that's made of metal. You just brushed me off the head. No dramas. You responded maybe, well to no that. Dramas. Maybe, maybe no to Sherry then. Who knows? Maybe that's yeah, a sign. Mate, that could, a sign from the universe. Uh, no, the one I was going to say was, um, was Critter. So, you know, if he's playing fullback, he, he played all of his career at centre and wing at, at Penrith. So, who knows? Obviously, he, he played for a premiership winning team three in a row. So, there is a difference and it is a huge risk. But, I don't know, someone to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, on to the Dolphins. Max King. We brushed over. Boys, Max King. <laughs> well, we tried middle forwards and Ads was quiet. So, uh, yeah, oh, yes, no. I, did have Max in, I did have in the notes Max King. And because yeah. he would have – everyone was injured last year. I assume he's he probably car- healthier he, now. He, he definitely carried injuries. Yep. Uh, he, like he was one of those guys that played through when it would have been ideally to get a rest and he played longer minutes probably. But yeah. uh, I, I'm hearing good things about uh, where he's at, what his body's like. Where he's at, yeah. so, um, so he's, he got married in the off season. So beautiful, could be a good or bad thing. We'll find yeah, out. I'm um, sure it's a good thing. One the year before last was a one point zero nine points per minute. Mm. Basically, I had a look, and if he could play fifty seven minutes, I'll just pull that out of my bum. But if he played fifty seven minutes, he'd be averaging sixty two, and he's priced a whole lot lower than that. So we just don't know his minutes. That's probably the issue. You're taking a little punt there um, of whether he's going to be. A, super healthy, and B, playing those extra minutes. So that's the tricky part on Max for me, which puts him in the sort of unsure, in the mix basket for me, but not a slam dunk, is he? Yeah, as I said, huge, huge trial watch on ads as doggies. Boys, the Dolphins, a team that are certainly a bit more optimism from this potty host than last year on the Dolphins. Put egg on my face, starting the season. 
They play the Cowboys at home, the Dragons at home. They have the buy in round three, the Titans away, the Tigers at home. They have in they do not leave sorry. They leave Queensland once before round twelve. The one time they leave it is to go to Darwin to face the Eels, which is an Eels home game. They have oh, been absolutely blessed with that draw. Now I get it. It's obviously going to come around. There'll be a lot of probably away games later on, but like they've got the Broncos away at Suncorp, also their home ground. The Titans away, they go down an hour down the road, two hours down the road. They've got the Tigers, which is an away game at Suncorp. That is unbelievable. They also play around 13, 16 and 19. All the the major bye weeks there. So that early bye is a bit of a, pain in round three mm. outside of that it's bloody magic i had a, i was having a bit of a, a look at that and, and with a bit of interest in a couple of dolphins initially i sort of thought all right if you're keen on on a player maybe and you're not too sure on them you can potentially wait an extra week because you can pick them up in round four before any price rise at the same time if they do fail a little bit particularly if it's maybe someone a little bit cheaper or a bit more value you don't have to worry about the price drop in round three, so you can wait till round four. Not it sort of works in both ways. Yeah, mm. that was the Roosters last year. Remember, I think I think that was the thing that you could trade out more of the guys because there was two weeks mm. to do it. So it, it does create. That's the upside of it, isn't it? The upside. Yeah. yeah. That being said, if you've got an expensive player like our first player, we get to Jermaine Asako there, and he flops the first two rounds. You probably don't <coughs> want to carry that much in your CT dub for round three and have to wait till round four. So, look, I think it probably works against them, but just worth noting, Jermaine Asako, last year's super coach and NRL to be for revelation. 77 points, point average. He had 28 in base for the year, 24 tries in 24 games, goal-kicking winger. The Dolphins, in theory, should be even better this season. Spy, not for me. I just think his price is absolute peak. That being said, not only do they have a lot of games in Queensland early, but the draw is so soft. Uh, not for me, too expensive. Hopefully get a drop in price and look at him later on in the year. What do you think? Yeah, given I've already got blokes at fullback and halfback that are already at max price, who I'm relying on for those you know lock-in points, I don't necessarily want another one in the centres who... You know, best case probably does the same thing and doesn't make money. So we're going to have to make cash somewhere. So that's a bit around my thinking around Marju as well. We spoke about I'm super keen on him, still am, but do I want another bloke who's probably not going to make money? Probably not. So that's that makes Asako an avoid, which doesn't mean he couldn't come out and go bang, bang, bang and, and, and score heap tries. That's yeah. it. Like, obviously you can start the year with tons and, and make money, but he has to average more than 77 to make any cash. To make it worthwhile from a cash generation perspective, he has to average 85 plus to make that 50, 100K, whatever it might be. Maybe he does it. But even if he does that, you're not going to then want to sell him because he's obviously killing it. So in which case, sweet, you got on him early, happy days. But, you know, I am happy to pay top dollar for a player who I don't think is really going to make money if they've got a huge ceiling like Cleary, like Hines. They're clearly the best in their position. There's not a lot of value elsewhere. But Asako, there's a lot of value at CT dub ads. Mm. Not for me. Yeah, look, I think... I mean, I've only just finished wiping the egg off my face from last year about Asako because I think we all wrote him off and he absolutely brained it from early in the year. However, at that price... like. As you say, I'm, I'm bringing in a clear inner Heinz because I kind of think if you don't have those guys to start the year, then you're not going to be able to win it. Is my I think I think you can start the year without Asako and win it. So 
then there's other centres who are highly priced that I would go a long way before him, but maybe he's the ultimate pod for some team. Maybe, maybe. and as you said... Round three buy, like do I want to... Yeah. And mm. 800,000. Who are you going to start in the centres in round three when he's got the buy? Because it's going to be probably pretty thin there. It could there. be four cheapies, which yeah. is not ideal. And that's, yeah. if you want to pay up for Cleary, Nico Hines, Tom Trebojevic, Reese Walsh, Caelan Pong, whoever it might be, these guys can come out and go 150, 150, 150. As your just, captain as well. Yeah, as your captain. You're not going to captain Jermaine Asako. So that's a good point too. I just don't think, again, could be more egg on the face. Probably will be. But I can't see it happening. Boys, Jeremy Marshall King, a really, really interesting one. 639K. He averaged 63 points per game, which, you know, you sort of look back on it now and feel like it was unders because he had a great season. But he carried injuries throughout a lot of the year. He averaged 74 minutes because of the injuries. It looked like at times that Wayne Bennett's preference was for Marshall King to be an 80-minute hooker, and he absolutely killed it. In 13 games playing 70 minutes plus... He averaged 69.3. So I think that's a lot more accurate. You know, if he does lock down this 80-minute role again, even if he doesn't lock down the 80-minute role, if he locks in a, say, 65, 60-minute role, it's not going to be any less because he's such a focal point of the Dolphins' attack. He probably runs it more and and takes it on a little bit more in a 60 to 65-minute role. So I don't think it's completely detrimental. I'm on a little bit of the fence with him, whether I want him or Harry Grant as my premium hooker to start. Spy, Marshall King, I know you're a big fan and someone you're pretty keen on. Yeah, I don't want him playing six five minutes. I'll give you the tip. It'd be yeah. okay, but I want him playing 73, 4, 5 plus. But um, I'm finding it hard to not put him in. I just remember how good he was close to the line last year. Try assists. He runs the ball. He still tackles a fair bit uh, with that draw. If, best case scenario, you put him in, and you hold him right through to around 19, 20, and then you look at Harry then because he plays, covers all the major buy rounds, good draw, he can make your money. On the flip side, he could come out, and if he doesn't set the world on fire, I guess you're stuck with a bike at, not when I say stuck, he's worth 620K, maybe 600 if he loses a bit of cash. And then you've got to figure out a way, probably up to Harry, which is a little bit awkward, not crazy awkward, but I just feel like, based on Melbourne's pack, I want them to prove to me a little bit that they are going to get that go forward back and Harry's going to run a mozza like he could and hope he does because Harry's a little legend. But I just want to see it first and mm. we'll get him in if needed. I feel like it's a bit of a safe play to go Harry and just go, it's a bit of a boring play. I feel like Marshall King's got excitement written all over it and let's let's see how he goes. I don't think it is a boring play though because Harry's at like 25% ownership around about that. So it's like, you know, a quarter of yeah, that's Supercoach's only. That's crazy, actually. That yeah. actually feels makes me feel better about not owning Harry because when I didn't have him last year, it was like 70 mm. or something crazy. So I'm sort of sitting there, Ads, going, it's an extra 110k to go Marshall King to Harry Grant. Marshall King had a lot of attack last year, and there's question marks. Can he back it up? What minutes will he play? All these sorts of things. Harry Grant, we know, is the best hooker in Supercoach and probably finishes the number one. Do you just find the extra 120k to do it? Where, how are you sitting at the moment? I've currently got JMK. I mean, he did win Bulldogs Player of the Year in 2022, so it's not like last year was a flash in the pan. Yeah. Like he, He's just a quality player. And so that was so. pretty well, what, his first, second year at hooker? Because he was originally a halfback. Uh, yeah, he played a few years, but mm-hmm. it, was def- it was a breakout year for him. Yeah. Um, but he, it wasn't a fluke last year is what I'm saying. Like yeah. he, he continued on what he did in 2022. Uh, I've currently got him because at the time it was giving me a bit more flexibility, but if I could find a way to get it to Harry Grant... I think I'll go Harry. Even just the round three buy, 
Like I would have to look and then I'd have to start the second hooker and that could be someone that I don't yeah. want to start. So I'll have to have a look. But Harry's just – I think if we get to the end of the year, we're probably all going to want Harry as of how quickly we get there. But I will have to sell Harry though, come on. Yeah, the buyers as well. the other thing. So. Um, yeah, yep. For the same yep. reason though, you wonder if like you get to round – obviously if you want you can go Marshall King to Harry round three or round five, but – Let's say they both do start okay or whatever, or Harry's that little bit better, but not worth making the move to, and you get to round five or six, and then you go, all right, I want to make the move to Harry. You then start looking at Origin, and you look at Marshall King's great schedule through there, and you look at Harry Grant and, and Origin looming up, probably it's a few minutes through there. You go, all right, well, am I not going to own Harry Grant till round 20? Yeah, it is a bit awkward. I've got a bit of thinking to do on this one. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> Boys, Hamiso, Tabuai, Fido, the hammer. Really interested. And it's a funny one because, you know, more often than not, I do, and supercoaches tend to go with the head. What do the numbers say? <clears throat> and there are a few red flags around hammer. He's very volatile in his scoring. There's some lower ones in there, whatnot. He's pretty awkwardly priced at 600k. He has that round three buy. I'm just seeing one of the best young talents in our game, playing fullback in a side that's going to improve with a soft draw. You can pick him at centre, 600K. I'm really keen, Spy. You know what? You can rarely go too far wrong in sporting life, backing genuine talent, whether it be on the field, yep. in real life, in supercoach. And Jeremy Marshall fits in that basket a bit as well. They're just genuinely talented and very good players. So, Good yeah, players. He's so exciting. He's, he's on like another level, so he could easily go to another level. We him. we could <clears throat> we could be sitting here at the end of the year and Hamiso's top three to five averaging players because he's on such an upward trajectory. You know, it sounds like a big call because he could also come out the first three rounds and go 30-30-30. Therein lies the risk at six hundred k. But it's not that expensive though. It's not ridiculous, yeah. um, but adds. <clears throat> My gut just says, Hammer, get this bloke in. Mm, interesting. It wasn't in my gut, um, but that's the beauty of Supercoach. I mean, I, I'll probably look at it and say, first two weeks I won't have him. If mm. he kills it and then I would need to bring him in, I could bring him in for round four, I'll have a look at it. But, again, those, those Origin weeks, you're going to have to sell him by then because he, he'll be playing yep. Origin. So <laughs> then that's a bad thing, those 13, 16, 19 for him. We should note on Origin, it is best 13 players again this year. Yeah, so you don't true. have to sell them. Yeah. I did say you have to sell Harry. You don't have to. And also, at least with that, and look, 
he probably is a sell because he won't play those three weeks. But if he is killing it and you want to keep him at centre and everyone wants to own him, what he'll play centre in origin. There's every chance he backs up for the Dolphins, although Wayne does tend to rest a little bit. But at least it's not going to impact him outside of those weeks if you do have your 13. But Look, I can see why you pick him. I mean, the, the guy was a gun last year. I mean, look at him in origin. He's clearly class player. If the Dolphins go well, because you're looking at the draw, assuming the Dolphins will be beating those teams... <laughs> Not necessarily. Or if you points. look at bookies where they've scoring got them ranked, points, they've, they've got them ranked like they could be losing those games. So I, I'm not suggesting to beat them, but they can at least put points on them and at the yeah. very least be competitive rather than yeah. if it was Penrith, you know, Melbourne, Roosters, whatever, I'd be going. <laughs> no, okay. fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so look, it's it could be further from a knockout thing and there are so many more players in my team or that will end up in my team or might not that, that I'm more confident on than Hammer. Gut says go for I it. should say as well, we're talking about origin buyers. I'm not getting too caught up in all that. It's just a bonus yeah. if they happen to be mm. available and they're still healthy. Tommy Flegler, 475k. Yeah. Uh, he looks like... I don't want to sound bad here because Tommy Flegler is a terrific footballer and, and one of the best front rowers in that game. Supercoach-wise, though... I'm not convinced because he averaged 47 points in 44 minutes for the Broncos last season. You know, is he going to play much more than that 44 minutes this season? I think going to the Dolphins with, they are stacked for middles. It'll be even better if Cody Nicarima gets the 14 for them. They have a smaller body on the bench. Look, I think he probably goes up to that 50-minute mark. Anything more would be gold. I'm hoping that he can, you know, take the onus of leading this pack around you know, coming from a side with Pat Carrigan and Payne Haas, and he just ups everything he does. Carrigan Haas, they took freaking a run or two every set. So maybe there's more runs to be had. But looking at the minutes, I don't know if it improves that much on last year. Front row forward, tough position. I don't know if there's a lot better in that spot. I'm not keen at all, really. Mm. Yeah. He could come out and do, you know, 50 minutes and average 55, in which case he improves by eight on average. Like That yeah. seems like a best case to me. Uh, real NRL do a hell of a job But I don't know if I want him The blokes I want in the front row And super coach Whoever I'll end up with Will be whoever I think Can improve their average By 10 to 15 yeah. And then cash in And I just don't know if it's him Flegler has a terrific yeah. offload But Wayne Bennett Has not historically <laughs> been A coach that says Free the arm He's a high percentage yeah. coach So I don't know If we can expect that from him Ads I don't know if I'm being influenced By playing draft last year But in draft last year I just re- made me realise how many front rowers score about the same every week that are not even owned by people. Like we all talk about these same players. Like last year, everyone talked about Christian Welsh at the start mm. of the year and he didn't prove to be the, the buyer that everyone talked about. And so I'm not – I reckon you could almost pick any front rower in that range and a lot of them just come on, do a job, they're consistent. So unless there's one that you can clearly say change in role – um, is their role going to change? And there's yeah. not much. There's not much as it stands. Not there's at the moment. It's hard to, it's or, hard to know that or with, or any, with any certainty. Are they now healthy? Yeah. Is, I want a reason yeah. to go, they could really improve here, not just on a gut feel. He might, might be better at the I'm Dolphins. hoping it's that five to ten minutes extra that, that he may or may not Which get. Which could happen, of course. But it's not, it's not going to change you. So you're not going to win the, the comp because of that. Um, but it might make him a decent it's, purchase. It's cash though as yeah. well. Like if you can make 150k, it's pretty handy yeah. in, in the grand scheme. But, but I, th- I just think yeah. there'll be probably a whole bunch of guys that we don't ever even talk about who probably do the same. If we went back and looked at last year, I remember yeah. looking thinking, wow, guys that we never even talked about yeah. that probably made more cash than a lot of the ones we true. did talk about. And I reckon a lot of them are at front row. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to overinvest in front row. 
compared well, to other positions. And that's the thing. I've been saying every week, but I'm not keen to pay up at front row for the big boys, Tino, Payne House, these blokes that we'll likely end the season with. Tommy Flegler, at that price, he doesn't necessarily have to make 150k for me. If he can come mm, in and average mm. 45 to 50, plug a hole, allow him to spend up elsewhere, it's not the end of the world. Yep. Yeah, he's not going to hurt you too bad. There's a good question on, uh, on my Dolphins preview on the site, which I've just seen, and it was asking uh, Herbie training inside Asako. So if, if Herbie, and then he says, does Herbie have sticky fingers? Herbie does have glue hands. Very much so. Oh, you read my mind, Mister Whoever wrote that in. So that uh, is uh, that. That's one to note for. Yeah, two minutes ago, I was about to say there he's going to have to share some points with Herbie in this try scoring department. So yeah, that's another little cross against him. Spy anyone else at the fins? Ooh, Jack Bostock, three hundred fourteen k. If he starts, he could be an option. He could be an option. He'll be on that left wing, I'd imagine. That lock goes to Osaka on the right. <clears throat> His numbers from last year were not good. He averaged 39 points in four games. He had three scores of 21-19. Sorry, 21-29 and 17. It'd have to be a real lack of cheapies to, for me to consider him, even if he starts. Yeah, the only two I had on my watch list were Herbie. Yeah, yep. I'm not going to start with him, but to see how he goes. And Valence Tafade, if he's stripped 12 kilos... <laughs> He actually went right last year when he played his big yeah. game, so keep an eye on him. I've also figured out where the saying more ways more than one one way to skin what a cat comes from. So if you want to drop a bit of knowledge this week. It's from an eighteen forty book about accountancy called The Money Diggers. <laughs> and they have dropped that in there and it's where are we? Nearly two hundred years later and still rolling. So wow. fair play to American humorist Seba Smith. Sounds like a riveting read. <laughs> and, I, and I'm an actuary, so I'm no, 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 bagged no. accounts, but um, yeah, an 1800s book about accounting. Thanks to our Inspector <laughs> Clouseau for getting on the job there, boys. <laughs> Before we get to the Penrith Panthers, Maddie, Dolphins, thoughts, comments, concerns, interests? Uh, pretty quick one. I'm pretty locked into Marshall King, to be honest. I think I'll definitely go with him. Uh, and that's probably about it. That's who I'm, yeah, no one else. I probably won't go for me, so I've got another centre in mind that I'm going to splash some cash on. Um, Talk me out of hammer time. No, 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 I'll, I'll, it, it's in one of the next two teams, so I'll bring it up then. Yeah. Uh, guys, Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW, long-time supporters of SC Playbook. They're on deck for the 2024 NRL season. They can do everything from getting the best rate on your home line if you're looking to get into the market in the future to a car loan, personal loan, whatever it might be. They do debt consolidation. Another key offering if you're struggling to stay on top of your bills. Best of all, guys, if you want to reach out to them, you listen to the SC Playbook podcast. So if you mention that, you'll save $129 on a free consult. It doesn't matter where you're based in Australia. You can give them a buzz, have a chat to them to get in contact. Message them on Instagram. Probably the easiest way. Direct message, Pat and George underscore SCW. You can also call them, if you're a bit old-fashioned, 02-9521-1611. The emails are also in our predicted teams article at the top of the SC Playbook website. Paddy will also absolutely dribble your ear off on why Luke Brooks is going to be the best signing in manly history. So you can chat to him about that if you do make the call. Guys, the Penrith Panthers start the season with a pretty tough draw. The Melbourne Storm away Eels at home, Broncos at home, Roosters away, Seagulls away into a bye. That's a very difficult draw, especially if Manly hit the ground running and <coughs> Parramatta, who, let's face it, para outside of finals, always get up <coughs> against the Penrith Panthers. Uh, so it is a concerning draw. Will there be any premiership hangover? Uh, you know, time will tell. Let's start with the big dog himself. 
Nathan Cleary, $912,000, 42% ownership overall, which initially I was going to say surprising was so low, but it's a lot of money, especially when people pay out for Nico Hines as well. So, you know, as we hadn't sort of spoken about teams or makeups of teams prior to this podcast, and you were pretty adamant you wanted Cleary and Hines, yep. I'm the same. We had a bit of a chat about him earlier, but talk, talk to us on why, uh, sorry, Nath Cleary locked in. Yeah, I think if you're in doubt, just go watch the second half of the grand final. Yeah. Like, the guy's superstar. <clears throat> I think he's a, he's a proven super coach weapon every year, and I don't want to be running without him. I just think it would be a I, – I just think he's, he, he's going to be a captaincy choice every week. Now, probably not in those first five weeks. <clears throat> pretty but, tough, yeah. But, man, he, he's just so super coach bomb-proof again. That I, I can't leave him out. So starting the <coughs> season, I did some digging. The first five games, his super coach average of the last three years. How did he come back off these premierships? Twenty twenty three, his first three round average, he averaged fifty six point six. He then went bang bang to finish with a five round average of ninety point four. So about on par with his average last year. Last year, <coughs> pardon me. Twenty twenty two. He missed the first three rounds of the season. He then opened up his first two games with scores of 34 and 57. He then, after the following three rounds, had a five-round average of 97.6. He went bonkers again. In 2021, straight up, first five-round average, 99 points. Basically, if you're expecting him or wanting him to have a slow start, maybe the first couple of rounds going off the last three years or last two years, first five rounds, he's average what he's average for the season. So, Spy... Unless you're really keen on Mitch Moses or Sammy Walker or whoever it might be, I, I, I struggle to find anyone else. No, I think he'll average over 100 this year in Supercoach. I think his role's going to evolve. I think he might play out the back a little bit more at second receiver, maybe on the right and left edge this year. That may not unfold, but that's his base is 90-odd. Mm. So if he then adds that in, I think the off-season will do him wonders. Just some extended rest, I think he can average over 100 and... He's in. The, the draw doesn't worry me too much. Like, sure, you'd love a super easy draw, but you know what? Gets the hard, harder draw here to start. Penrith and Penrith, and then once the slightly lesser teams are starting to get more injury ravaged come middle of the season and later in the season, you can tear them to shreds as well. So I mean, he could be straight in. He could be a long way off his peak. Yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous because he's the yeah. top half in the comp. I agree. But if you look at halves in the comp, most of the good halves are over 30. Some, some of them well over 30. He's not, he's not there yet. So he's still getting better, as like we saw in the grand unquestionably final. Unquestionably better. Yeah, so who knows what he could be and this year. D- ditto, ditto Nico Hines, who's, what, two years into his move to halfback mm. at a new club. So that's the thing with, like, particularly at Cale and Nico and Cleary. You say, all right, they're probably close, pretty, priced pretty close to their peak, but maybe not. Like, they could come out and explode, and all of a sudden they're over a million dollars and people are battling to get them in. So, you know, I'm not necessarily convinced they are priced where they should be. Brian Toto, 720K, a really interesting one because I started with him last year. I think I owned him just about all last year, and he was great, aside from resting against some real ordinary teams at times, which was very tough to stomach around origin. Probably the most consistent centre wing option in Supercoach. 71 last season, never really goes big. And I think my... The reasoning for that is just there's so much attack, balanced attack across the board at Penrith that they can score anywhere. Whereas, you know, we look at Greg Marge at the Knights last year where he went nuts. 
had his big scores. Peachy steals the, to Oz. Tries. Yeah. Well, the Knights go to the left, they go to the left, they go to the left. It's Ponga's strong side, it's the entire team's strong side, so he gets a lot of balls, similar to the Dolphins with Asako. Last season, he had four tons to his name, but the top score was 112. In 2022, similar story. Three tons, top score of 116. He had 35 in base last year, awesome, but... There's nothing saying that he can't pump out bigger scores, but historically in recent years, by we just haven't seen it. So with that tough draw, I'm happy to try and get maybe Bizarin later in the season. Yeah. Uh, Toho and Tungo, they're yeah. two bikes that are classic on my watch list. Let's see how they're looking early and see if we are going to need to target them within those first, you know, four to eight weeks. But yeah, I just think he probably lacks that, as you said, super upside at the price. And I'd rather, again... Karaz, for example, 120k cheaper, might do something similar. It's a lot of money saved to start the year. And if Nathan Cleary does, as we sort of suspected, sorry, suspected, as we saw at the back end of last season, he brought that sweeping on the left side of the field into his game. That's not going to help Tyo either. So, no. you know, no Stephen Crichton either. He played both sides. Tunga, what anyway, yeah, not a keen on him. Uh, Taylor May adds, back from an ACL injury, 458k, a significant discount uh, on his 2022 average of 64 points per game. Expected to make the move to centre this season. Back in 2022 in his proper debut season, 29 in base. He busted 87 tackles in 20 mm-hmm. games. Spy and I have spoken about him. We're both very keen on him. Uh, are you keen on him and the shift to centre? How do you see that impacting things? Yeah, I've independently, I've got him in my side, so that's not because we've been talking. So I do yeah. have him there at the moment. But I think he's a really interesting player in general to, to know what he's going to do this year because he had that great 2022, obviously missed 2023. Who knows what his potential is. On one hand, he's coming off an ACL. On the other hand, he's kind of growing into his body. And, he's, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, I hear plenty of good things about him, about how strong he is and all that sort of stuff. So I just think in that Penrith side, you probably can't go wrong. I mean... They're going to be premiership favourites and up there all year. You probably can't go wrong bringing him in, can you? Work rate. If they pick him in round one, I'm I'm willing to say they're not risking him with a ACL yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. So tap twice yeah. if all the May brothers have signed for the dogs for twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no tapping there. Man. <laughs> um, anyone else there, Spy? Um, There's actually not, not that really. much going on. It's because they're Penrith. all yeah. they're Penrith throughout their peak. They've won three comps we'll in a row. They're later. all priced accordingly. Just don't get bloody Sonny Luke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Haunted. Did you have him all last year? Uh, the whole season. I sold him, I reckon. <laughs> I, get rid of him. I reckon I sold him about round 18 or 19. It might have been earlier than that, but I was one of the lucky ones. Yeah, I didn't have him, so I just, it was just oh. a joy to watch. I'll never start with a cheap <laughs> centre again, uh, hooker again, because you, you can't do anything with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not that he sucks, he just, no minutes. Yeah. He did play like eight minutes for me in like round 26 when I was a bit short of the hooker. Had a try assist and got 34 or something. I was yeah. like, come on. <laughs> it's like Franklin Pelle on the bench. He just stuck in his oh, watch his gold year, regretting it. <laughs> Ads, if Sammy Hughes is a Franklin Pele 2.0, you'll be dead to me, mate. Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> Maddie Panthers, anyone that stands out there, mate, is uh, Cleary a lock and load for you? Cleary lock, uh, probably put in May as well. Um, he's a freak, but that's, yeah, <clears throat> probably nothing more to add. Yeah, weirdly not that exciting to start the year. Of course, they'll become relevant at some point. Boys, the final team to touch on, the North Queensland Cowboys, a team... Uh, a lot of promise for them this year. Their team is stacked. Their depth is terrific. 
And we'll start at the top, Spy. We'll go with you, Scotty Drinkwater, one of your many, many boys. He was superb last season. Averaged, what, in excess of 80 points to the year. In that, he also had a, a game of about two a two-point score early on due to a send-off, and it just didn't go right for him. 851 to start the year. 83-point average for the season. <sighs> Sorry, I didn't touch on it. Their draw to start the year is also quite good. Dolphins away, Knights at home, Dragons away, Broncos away, Titans at home. It's a good draw. You know, we, we've... He's the one, probably because of the price, that we haven't... And a lot of, I think, podcasters, content creators out there all across social haven't seen a lot about him because we're all talking about all these other fullbacks. What about yourself? Well, sadly... <laughs> Very sadly, I don't... Th- you know what? I've, I've got four categories for all these teams. I've got in, maybe, avoid, and watch list. And he's basically hopping between have and avoid. But I actually put him in avoid today. And my avoid. logic behind... Oh, you're, you're a drinky. Was, you're a drinky's number one. Pappenhausen and drinky. Mm. Tough. Gee, wow. But, so the reason being, I'll v- hopefully own him midway through the season, but... Sides come out strong, you know, round one to six, whatever it may be. There's minimal injuries. They're fired up. I don't know if that suits Drinky. So you've got like, you guys like Tommy Latrell and all that do a reasonable amount of work. Uh, they can offload and do all this. Drinky's a try assist. goals. Yep. He's a try assister and he scores some tries. He ravages anyone that's not on their game. He'll just destroy them. He's not a work rate kind of guy, although he has improved it. Um, yeah, you're, you're uh, like back end of the season when he did so much damage and went bonkers. Teams that are that have their niggles, blokes are playing injured, they're tired, the fatigue setting in early in the season. If he spots so a weakness, he's gone. he's going to he'll exploit it, no doubt about it. How many weaknesses are there early in the season? I'm just not so sure. Like he, he's good enough to come out and still score well. Um, even round three, look at that draw. They've got St George right. I'm very wary of the Flanagan effect over at St. George, especially early in the year. I just think he's going to have them G'd up to defend their asses off. And Saints might not win a game for five weeks, but I bet they're not getting 40 points. They could lose 6-4. Yeah. Uh, it could be like some 12-10 grinds. I could be wrong, but I just, I'm a little bit wary of that with Saints this year. So, isn't a void, Scotty. I'll see you in round nine, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Adds any temptation there? I've never been a drinky guy. Not that's in just I've never had him in my side. I was really. about to say get so, out. Yeah, no, I, but on. I can. But but to be honest, and I've seen you pick him, and he's done great things. So I've I've missed out there. I'm I'm like I said before. I'm I'm in on turbo, but with that draw, I mean I, I respect what you say. Could mm. well be true, but I. But you still happy? I just play think it's same. personal opinion, right? Yeah. I just think come down. If you're a drinky fan, you think that's a great pod, go for it. Like I'll, I'll be going turbo. Some people will be going Latrell, some will be going Kalen. Like they're, so they're all guns. and They could all do it. They'll all probably go well at some point of the year and it says a bit of a, this who's your favourite. My worry is Drinky hasn't been my favourite historically. Yeah, my, my pure worry on Drinky is that he, he could score a, an 18 when one of these other guys, their lowest might be a 60 or a 50. Yeah. I think that's it. Early in the year only. Yeah, it goes out the window. That's why look at Turbo. Yeah. Like, unless Turbo breaks in a game, which is very possible. He'll have tries and assists. It just and even when that. he has a bad game, he yeah. gets 70. You're like, yeah. this guy just... Ditto Ponga. Like, oh, a little bit different, but you just don't feel like Ponga, barring injury, is going to have anything lower than 40 or 50. But yeah. but again, like Drinky last year, there, there weren't many of them. Didn't do it much. No. Nah. Um, he was good. That was their draw last year. Yeah. Uh, Valentine Holmes, boys... Yeah. 
a 72-point average last season. He based 31 per game. Terrific for a centre. Starts at 736k. Spy, with the soft draw, goal kicking, I'm not paying up for him because I like a bit of value elsewhere. But if they start the season on fire, there's no reason why not. Early watch list, Val. You could start with him, sure. But I think just let's see how him and the boys are looking and... Make a move for him early enough if you like what you see. I think, I, I think he's more reliable than a Sarko at the price. Like, he's just a proven... Yep. feel like you know what you're going to get with value. You're going to get a 700k centre. You, you might have swings. But yeah, like, I don't think he's going to be a million-dollar player that you regret not getting. But equally, he's probably going to solidly put out those scores. Whereas a Sarko, you don't really know. Bit of but, I, but I'm not going him just because I don't want to spend that much on a centre. But he's got a soft draw. Spy. Oh, I'll jump in early for, for me. This is the one I'm going to go. I... I Val, Ooh, I, nice. I really like Val. Like, he's one of my favourite players. I think the Cowboys are going to be the biggest improvers of any team this year. I reckon they're a good chance of making the top four. And I think Val's the best centre in the comp. So, yeah, he's he's in my team. Love it. Gun goal mm. kicker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Love a, it. Yeah. I haven't, like, I haven't, like, put it all together, but I'll be really, really trying. I don't mind it at all. I really don't. Fair but play. Matty makes a fair point. Where do we, where do we think the Cowboys are going to finish? I'm, they, I'm with Matty yeah. on the up. Somewhere in the seven-hour podcast, we did chat about the Cowboys the other day, and I I had them as one of the big improvers. As I think I had them fifth or sixth or something. I think they've got a great I hope squad. So. stacked. Like yeah. Their second row is insane. Yeah, awesome team. Great draw early on. Uh, boys, front row. Two that I'm looking at. Ruben Cotter, who I started with last season, and he actually went all right. He, just, he had injuries early on that came about round three or something from memory. Dual front row, second row. I wouldn't pick either of these guys in the second row, but front row four position we're battling with. Cotter, just been handed the captaincy at the Cowboys, 542k. Jason Taumalolo, you know, the gut feel straight up says, oh, no, I'm not keen on him, getting a bit older. He's only about 30 years old. He played injured seemingly all last year and the year before. I don't know how fit and firing he is this year, but if he looks good in trials and there's no niggles, dual second row forward, front row forward this season, he's 439k. You know, if he gets back to fitness, even if his minutes aren't you know, much more than 50-odd, which is obviously a preference of Todd Payton, when he's fit and killing it, he's busting tackles, he's offloading, he might jag a bit more of an attacking stat. Spy, probably wouldn't, won't say Cotter a huge preseason watch because we know what we'll get. Probably more round one bench watch at how many minutes we expect him to get. Town Lolo is a huge watch in the trials. Yeah, Cotter, I'm just a little bit worried about how much he improves. I think he will improve. Mm. I'm just wondering whether it's going to be four or five points a game or that like 10, 15. That'd be nice. But I think he can do a job. I'm just a touch wary on him. Jason Tamalolo, he is 30. Had a look today, so he's not old by any stretch. 30. Again, that long off season's just good for all those blokes. He only has to get back to his average of the two years previous. Not his elite years of 70, of mid-50s. Suddenly he's making me 130k and doing a job. He's in my side at the moment. Remember it when he was like, not very long ago, he was one of your first pick players for the season. Yeah. What do you reckon, Ads? I get where you come from. I've, I've currently got Cotter and not Tamalolo, but it's a, to be honest, Cotter's in there as a bit of a placeholder of saying a, a front row with, of that sort of value, which gives me an opportunity to bring in a cheaper yeah. guy. But look, obviously is of interest because you want him to do what he did a few years ago. But I, I don't know. I just see that he seems to be getting less and less time in that Cowboys side. And I, I don't know. Look, he's got a number of years left in his He's the sort of player that if he changed clubs, 
then he'd be mm. awesome super coach. You go, oh, you get him price. He's now got a bigger role. Like say, I mean, just make it up. But say he came to the Bulldogs, you go, oh, imagine yeah, what his role will be yeah. versus last year. Yes, but I don't see his role in that Cowboys side getting bigger because there's guys that they've got to give more more minutes to. Like you've got. I don't know how to say his last name, Finna Fawaki or... Yeah, he don't like You don't even have him in your 17. Yeah. This guy's a weapon. It's he crazy. Needs, he needs minutes in that side. So he played Finna Fawaki. Does he play edge or middle? Edge. He's edge. edge. That's the only thing. So, look, what, with Tamalolo, though, I only want him back at 2022 Tamalolo, not yeah. not the elite years. I just Doesn't need 50, to do much. He's 54 yeah. or 5 and I'm cheering. He's very tempting. He's yeah. very tempting. Uh, he's just priced so low. It's incredible. Yeah. If he If he was based on a 55 average... I would not even look at him. Put it like that. He's might based on a forty-three, me. a forty-three-point average on forty-nine minutes. So, so what's his price? Is he three hundred and seventy k? Is that right, or is that the end of last 430 year? Four thirty odd k. So it's basically what ten. Yeah, he's at four thirty-nine k. The two years previous, fifty-eight and fifty-five. That's all I need from him. So yeah, look, yeah. I mean, if, if you're, you're, if you're trying it. to get a guy on your side, that sort of price, which we probably will want to do, mm. it, it could, be, it could, it could go up. Yeah. Okay. You, you're almost took me Fit, into it. Fitnesses, fitness is everything. How does he look in the preseason? If he's, you know, we're not going to know his minutes in the preseason, but if he's busting tackles. I just want to say two runs know, from him and go, good. how are you looking, mate? Yeah. 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 Uh, boys, just to wrap up the Cowboys, Helam Lukey's a bloke that, again, in another in that mid range to RF position that so much upside. I probably won't start with him just because they've got... I think Luki and Nanai will be the edge-back rowers. I think Luciano Lelu will probably plays more of a middle role. But then you look at Fini Fuiaki. If he comes off the bench, there's another edge there. I just want to see it. If, if Luki is getting 60 to 65 early, could easily be in my team by, say, round three. Uh, Spy, anyone else you wanted to touch on there? Just on Luki. He, he goes at a point a minute. Point so a minute. good. If he gets big minutes, but I just like you, I want to see how the back row rotation plays out. Mm. They've got a lot to fit in there. To it, this point in his career, granted a lot of injuries. He's never been an 80 minute back row. Like, you'd think he's got it in him, but he's had a lot of injuries and it hasn't happened yet. Jeremiah Nenai is a little sneaky, yeah. smoky shouty. We know he could do anything. It's it's a risky one, but if you wanted to sort of have a look at a pod, he could potentially be an option. Um, but again, that back row, I think I'm just going to see how that back row plays out before making any decisions around the Cowboys. Boys, a few questions before... Zach Labert. Spy Zach Labert. Already spoke about him a few well, We have today, spoken about him, but... Just wanted to mention him, couldn't go without. Um, we'll see how he's looking. He, I, he's only 22, or 22, so again, he, he's he upward good. trajectory. I like him. Whether I'd be bold enough to start with him or have a look, I'm not sure. We'll see. So they did. The, I saw a story today. Viliami Vailea having some visa troubles, I think it might have been. So hasn't made it over and trained with them yet. So uh, someone threw it out there on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days, and said that said that Vailea was the front runner originally, but because he's not hasn't been over there, that Labour would be. I thought they'd give Labour a crack. He was so good yeah. last year in a few crack I'd much games. rather Vailea be here and him beat him for the spot. So yeah. there's a so few little flags. Concern. That flags for me a little bit. Yep. But yeah. Few questions, boys. The first one from our good friend, the NRL Supercoach Sponge. Can the SC Spy ask Matty Ryan if having both Lane and Hopgood is too many eels to RF to start with? I need the advice of the man who constantly beats Spy every year. Spy every year's a stretch, righto? Two in a row, is it? Or two, one? Uh, well, I've known him two years. He's dusted me twice, so <laughs> it's been a, it's been a dark eighteen months we've been on that. Um, I was going to sledge him. I felt bad. Yeah, you've got nothing to sledge about, mate. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's got you covered. Well, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, was thinking more real I, sport. I know but that's you're a thinking you're sick, eh? You're sick, mate. <laughs> that was actually very rough. That shout out, shout out to Maddie, who unfortunately <coughs> Socceroos went down heartbreaking circumstances. Oh, 97th minute uh, penalty, I think it was to square it up then in injury time. About out early for the Asian Cup. Maddie was immense in it, though. Oh, man, so, he barely let in a goal. He's class act, that boy. He conceded one in the group stage and then. Yeah. Yeah. True could heartbreak could have been that, in that game if it wasn't for him. Yeah, absolutely. True heartbreak of that game. So, in answer to Spongy's question, he will tell you to have both because he loves the Eels. <laughs> <laughs> Just go with Lane, I think, to start. Hop good later. Uh, question from Marcus El Lobo. El Lobo. Running one of the Lukes in starting 5 8 spot Metcalf, Keary, or Brooks? If you had to go one of those ads, it's an interesting position, 5 8, and, and we'll touch on them all down the track, but. Because people are going heavy in fullback and halfback, you know, if you're not paying up for, say, Dylan Brown, Munster, Cody Walker, which a lot of people aren't, they're looking cheaper. <clears throat> There's a lot of options around four, five, maybe early 600K. Which of the Lukes, which of those three would you be going? <laughs> it's not oh, a none, hot none of the above, no. The, <laughs> yeah. None of those guys excite me. I had Kiri last year in a draft, actually. He was, he was pretty good in draft, actually. So, so Kiri went better than I thought. But I, to be honest, I haven't looked at any of those three Lukes. But I don't feel good about the five eights that I do have in my current side either. I feel a bit dirty looking at that. So mm. I think five eights going to be a really difficult position to get right. Yeah. Do you really want to pay big dollars for a Dylan Brown as an example? But it's so awkward five eight. Yeah, it's just awkward. I, I, so the, I we haven't talked a lot about five eights tonight, but because of the teams. But so, but I don't think I'm going to get that desperate that I'm than looking at those three blokes mm. at a pinch. Go with Kiri. We, we do, we, yeah, you touched on NRL Supercats draft there. Uh, the first of our draft content, we'll be doing a fair bit throughout the pre-season. Uh, Maxie Bryden, Stevie Hevener, who's done heaps in the past. The first one, Maxie's done up a ripping yarn around basically how to play. Beginners, how do you start, how do you pick your team, what are the things you need to know, ripping yarn. So Supercats draft for beginners at scplaybook.com.au. Rankings and all sorts of good things coming up a little bit later on in the pre-season. Can I say something on draft? You can do that, mate. If you haven't played draft, I reckon it is really worth playing. We talked about this last mm. year. I, I loved it as an addition to playing classic, and I reckon it helps your classic game playing draft because it does make you think about some positions and Open players that you wouldn't. Elsewhere, yeah. Well, suddenly you're looking at the whole comp. Yep. And like, like I said before, front row, you're starting to realise that, hold on, there's plenty of front rowers and they're all kind of scoring the same here. So I think it does make you think a bit differently and, yeah. and it's actually really good fun as well. So I, yeah. Yeah, I'd highly, re highly recommend playing. So those that don't know in draft, you select one player per selection. And so, for example, if you really want Scotty Drinkwater, you can lock him in and you own him for the year and then you can trade if you want to. But it's super cool to know that you're the only person who has Owning one player. player. Yeah. And it's closer to real life, I can say, having been involved with the dogs. Because mm. when you get an injury, it sucks. You can't just go... <laughs> Hey, no, thank you. It's come over for a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really good fun. Yeah, great concepts. Have a crack <clears throat> at that one. Boys, next question is, Ads, this one's for you because we've spoken about it a lot and I'm really keen to get your thoughts. Mm. And I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but question from the Batman. With the Vegas field width being almost identical to UK fields like Old Trafford, where the likes of DC and Jake have played, are people overreacting to the possible effect it will have? Super League still sees plenty of backline sweeping plays, <coughs> dot, 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 turbo, double, inbound. So the question that I'm going to elaborate on from the Batman, what sort of impact do you see the Vegas trip having on, on the clubs that go over? Firstly, from you know, the, 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 
thinner field that they're playing on? Do you see less points? Uh, the surface, the trip over to Vegas, any major impact or do you think people are overthinking it? I, think, right. I think from a super coach perspective, overthinking it. I'm not even going to think about any of that stuff. Um, we're playing a, a full season here. It's not going to be imp- – because then we can start saying, oh, do we want to put on the spectacle or the ref's going to let the gang run? I mean, who knows, right? It's round one, there's so many questions. I'm just going to pick it like it's normal. Yep. I think the bigger challenge for me is thinking there's four sides here where we have to make our decisions a week earlier without knowing the rest yep. of the sides and the cheapies. That's the bit that I'm... It's a big down. I'm looking at going, geez, normally you want to know how many cheapies you can lock in and you're kind of guessing. So so buying mid-range players in those teams might be tricky. So that's, that's the bigger thing um, for me. I actually think from a real NRL perspective, I'm... Pretty happy the Bulldogs aren't one of them this year. Yeah. I just think there's a lot of uncertainties, and to be honest, it just feels really disruptive. I agree. All the things they need to do, and um, you know, with where we're coming from, it's not not the year to be yep. going to Vegas. But um, looking forward to seeing the other four teams play. <coughs> Bloody oath, boys. We will wrap that up for this week's podcast. Bye. Thank you, mate. Cheers, fellas. Ads uh, strong first start for the season. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Guys, you're freshened up actually after a long off season as well. I think. Big year ahead. Oh yeah, yeah I, like I need to. I need, I've been given the word by the coach like need a lift. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like Jason Taumalolo. I'm running on old on old <laughs> numbers. Yeah, I hope that Jason Taumalolo performs as well as you in round one as you did on your first part of the season, mate. Guys, the latest episode of the Cricketers Playbook podcast available through the SC Playbook channels. Myself, Maxi Bride, and Hammy Good. Goodman, Goodman, I get that wrong every time. Sorry, Hammy. Uh, from the bloke in a bar potty. Very, very funny man. And some great cricketing minds expanding out to general cricket podcasting and content. Go and check that one out. Uh, it is a good listen, the latest episode. And also, if you want to follow us on our socials, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all over the shop, SC Playbook One or just SC Playbook. Changes from, from where to go. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 